Well, good morning, everybody. How are you? Hey, I'm Josh. Um, if I don't know you, um, then it is very nice to meet you. I'm on the speaking team here at Nexus, and also I'm the Next Gen Minister here at Gaten. And I'm super excited to be here with you. If it's your first time, thanks so much for being here. We are so excited that you're here. We've been planning on you showing up, and um, we want to get to know you better. So um, come say hi to me. Come say hi to somebody in a green shirt. Um, we love meeting new people. So so excited that you're here. And hey, Merry Christmas, right? Merry Christmas. Yeah, good. Um, so my wife and I, we went yesterday, um, did a little bit of a Christmas celebration, and we were um, down at... Carytown. I don't know if you guys have been down to Carytown around Christmas time, but it's a little nuts right now. Um, but we went to the Bird Theater, first time going there for me, and we were celebrating Christmas, first time I've ever seen Polar Express. I know, it's weird that I haven't seen that, and I'm a youth minister, I get it. Um, but first time seeing that, and we were super excited about Christmas, and just like there's like lights everywhere, and like fake snow and stuff, so it was awesome. Um, but there's this word that comes around a lot whenever Christmas comes around, and I don't, I don't know that we use it a ton, but it's this word, it was in the video, we sang a song about it earlier, and it's the word joy, right? So this word joy, it's just not used a ton. Um, maybe we say it every once in a while, but um, usually we talk about happy, right? But this word joy, and it goes something beyond happy, right? So whenever I think about Christmas and I think about joy, I think about my grandpa. Um, so let me introduce you to my grandpa. This is uh, Robert Frank Turner, and that is uh, nine-month-old Josh. Um, so that is in uh, 1988, no, 87, I'm sorry, 1987. I, I don't know when I was born, apparently. Um, but 1987 in Christmas, um, Robert Frank Turner, after this point, will now be called Paul Paul. So that's Paul Paul up on the screen. And that's how I think about Paul Paul is on the floor playing with me as a little baby. Um, also... One of our favorite things to do, I don't know if you guys do this around Christmas time, but we, I used to live in Texas and we would drive to Colorado um, during our winter break. And so Papa and I would go skiing um, up in the mountains. That's probably five-year-old Josh right there um, skiing for the first time. And then we also, uh, one of our favorite things to do is we would go drive around in Paul Paul's 1931 Model A Coupe. Um, he would drive me to and from school when it was running. Um, and so, yeah, I, I don't know if you've ever ridden in a car like that that is like 70 to 80 years old, but they don't always run, and sometimes they break down on you in the middle of the road. So um, we ended up on the, a lot of the side of the roads, but that is our championship trophy from the Vider um, Automobile Show from 1992. So, um, so yeah, that's uh, what we called Betsy. That is old Betsy right there. So, um, yeah, old Betsy, that's, that's her name. So, um, also, um, when I think about Christmas and I think about my Paul Paul, I, I think about eight years ago. And eight years ago, um, my Paul Paul had this disease that he was diagnosed with. It's called Lewy body dementia. And it's kind of a mixture between Alzheimer's and Parkinson's, um, if you know what those look like. So, um, he used to say when he was in his right mind that not only is he um, forgetting things, but he's making them up and he's shaking the whole time. So, um, so that was his disease, and he made a lot of light of things like that and um, brought a lot of joy to a ton of people. Um, but eight years ago, um, my grandpa got really sick around Thanksgiving, and um, we spent Christmas in his bedroom 
Um, and on New Year's Eve eight years ago, um, my grandfather um, passed. Um, Paul Paul um, left and went to be in heaven. And um, I, I told the guys, I don't know if you've been here the last two weeks, but we've had two t- crying episodes in a row, and um, I'm going to try not be the third. So, um, But um, Paul Paul um, left us, and I miss him every day. And it, honestly, it felt like life just hit me in the mouth. Like, like I got hit in the face. Like, it just wasn't, it wasn't fun. I didn't see this coming. And even though he had this disease, I just didn't know how to react. And I think for me, I, I just was searching for answers. And it took me a little while. And my question is, how do you react when life hits you in the face? What do you do when life hits you in the face? When life hits you in the face... Find joy in Jesus. And I'll continue that theme as we go along. But when life hits you in the face, find joy in Jesus. So there's this guy um, in the, he wrote a book of the Bible. His name is James. I don't know if you've ever heard of James before, but James is the brother of Jesus. So um, like Jesus, the thing that the whole Bible talks about, right? There's this guy, James, who is his brother. Okay, so when you look at James, know that, hey, these, these guys were really close, right? But when we first see James in the Bible, James didn't actually believe that Jesus was the Messiah, okay? So this guy, James, um, it actually says during one point that um, James thinks that Jesus is crazy, like that Mary and Jesus's brothers are trying to take Jesus home because they're like, hey, look, he's not in the like, like, he's just a little cuckoo, right? So we're, we're going to bring him home. We're going to get him well. And so that's the first time we see James. And then later on in the early church, we see that James is now not only a believer in Jesus, but he's actually a leader within the early church. So somewhere along the way, we went from he's crazy to he's Messiah. Okay, so if you're in here today and you have doubts, you have questions about who Jesus is, you have, if you're wondering, hey, what's this whole Christianity thing about? Know that you're in good company. That Jesus' own brother didn't believe. But I believe that if you'll search into it, that you'll look into the life of Jesus for yourself, that you'll find the Messiah that James found. And for me, I want to look at what James says because, like I said, my grandpa, whenever he passed, life kind of hit me in the face. And James, right after his introduction, he talks about how sometimes life just hits you in the face, how you didn't see it coming, right? So this is what James says. He says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. This is hard, right? This Christmas is supposed to be joyful. We're supposed to be talking about fun things. But the reality is that this is not an easy thing to do. And I think a lot of times in life we think good and we think easy as if they were equals, right? I think easy, and because it's easy, it's automatically good, right? But what James is telling us here is something that's really hard. This is something that 
we have to really look into because this is difficult, right? Whenever I come into trials and I'm supposed to consider it joy, what does that even mean? Whenever life hits you in the face, I'm supposed to consider this joy that that doesn't make a ton of sense to me. So I think we need to continue to look at it. And when you look at that, it says whenever. So this is a statement, right, that James makes, and it's whenever. This is a when statement, not an if statement, okay? So when this happens, know that you're supposed to consider it joy. This is not, hey, if one day in the future you may have hard times. No, this is, hey, it's coming. You're going to get hit in the face. And actually, one of my, one of, I think a better translation of this is that when you fall into, not when you face, because that's what the word actually means in its original language is whenever I fall into these things. And I don't know if you've ever felt that before, that you were walking along in life and then something happened and you just kind of fell into it. Maybe for you it's, for some of you students, maybe you didn't get into the college that you wanted to get into. Maybe it's at work, you didn't get the promotion that you thought you were going to get, and that messes up your whole budget that you worked months on. And maybe you can't pay for your kid to go to the school they want to go to. Or maybe it's the diagnosis that you got. Or maybe it's a relationship that was broken, and you fell into this, and you didn't see it coming. That's how I felt. That's how my life was. I think here we've just really got to dig into this and we've got to say, why? Why is this happening? What is, what deeper is going on here in my heart? Like what is, what is happening in my life right now? And I think James here gives us a why and then even after that gives us an even deeper why. So let's continue in this to see the why behind it. So the next verse says, because you know that the testing of your faith faith produces perseverance, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Now, for me, I look at this and I go, okay, so this is good. It gives us this word, this perseverance thing, right? So you probably know, have heard perseverance before, but um, if we actually look a little bit deeper into this, in the original language, these are actually two smaller words that are put together, okay? So two smaller words that they put together that makes this word perseverance. It's the two words that are for abide, and under. So the idea here in perseverance is that you are living underneath this pressure. And that somehow in the midst of this, you're supposed to consider it joy. That as you're underneath whatever weight it is that is sitting on your shoulders, that you're supposed to abide. And this abide is not, some people say it's exist, but what it actually means is that you would continue that you keep walking forward. That's why perseverance is in a lot of our translations is because no matter what weight I'm under, no matter what's happening in my life, I'm supposed to continue. 
because it's going to grow me and it's going to bring maturity in my life. And that's a really good thing. That's what we want. Think about it. We do this for our kids, right? So our kids, whenever they're in kindergarten, they start learning the ABCs, right? So good goal for a kindergartner is by the time you're done with kindergarten, you know your ABCs, maybe even before you get to kindergarten now, right? So now sometimes they're starting to read in kindergarten. That's a really good goal, right? Eventually, you want to get to a place. When I was in second grade, I don't think they even do this anymore, but um, we used to write in cursive. So if you could write like a cursive Z and remember what that even looked like, that uh, that was a good goal to have in second grade. Uh, I was really good at the Z's. So, um, so that was a really good goal. But eventually get to this place where knowing the alphabet and reading is no longer a good goal, right? If I get to fifth grade and all of a sudden I still don't know the alphabet, we don't see that as, oh my gosh, that's so hard. We see it as, who did that to that kid, right? Like, who didn't instill this hard thing into them a long time ago so that now they look more mature? And it's not really about looks, but that they haven't grown this within them, that they're not mature. And we're expecting by the time they get into high school, these guys are writing pages upon pages in reports. And the only way that we're going to do that is by giving them harder and harder things along the way. And God, in his infinite wisdom, gives us tough things so that it will grow us. We do this with working out too, right? So you go to the gym, you're pumping iron. I don't do that very often. But if you go to the gym and you're, you're pumping iron, right, you start off with just like the bar, right? And then all of a sudden you start adding weights on, you add weights on, and you've got some dudes who are in there who are like, like stacking iron on each side and like the bar's bending, you know what I mean? And so I don't even know if that's a phrase that they use, stacking iron. Like I said, I don't do this. So, um, but, but you see those guys in the gym and they're like repping out massive amounts of weight. And the only way that they do that is they start it off with the bar and it progressively gets harder. And this is our lives, right? That God gives us these hard things that we deal with so that it will make us better. And, but that's not to say that God did this to us. These hard things are the result of living in a broken world that was broken a long time ago. And sometimes we just fall into it, and we're still supposed to consider it joy. That's really tough. And sometimes we get to a place where we feel like we've just walked as far as we can walk. We've gotten to a place where I don't know what to do anymore. This is where I was at with my grandpa. I was doing pretty well. At this point, I actually was working out a little bit in my life until he passed away. Um, and he passed away, and honestly, I gave up a little bit. Um, my weight skyrocketed. I um, was seeking after anything that would kind of fill up a little part of my life for a little bit. And life doesn't get any easier when you do that. It just gets a lot harder. And man, I, grief is a very real thing. It's something you need to deal with. And I chose not to deal with it. I chose to just act like it didn't exist. I didn't let perseverance finish its work. 
so that I would become mature. And all of that to say, what do you do when you don't know what to do? What do you do when you don't know what to do? What do you turn to? Luckily, James doesn't leave us there. He continues in the next verse. He says, if any of you lacks wisdom, if you don't know what to do, if you don't know which direction to head, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. That the God of heaven, the one who created us, created this universe, and wants to speak into the life of each one of us, gives to us, and he doesn't find fault in you in the process. That's where we find our joy. That no matter what I've done, no matter what I've sought after, no matter like whether my weight is where it's at or like where it skyrocketed, that he loves me because of who he is. He loves me just because he does. Because he created us and he's speaking into each one of our lives to show us how to navigate through these hard times. And Jesus himself actually says this about us and about how we're supposed to be in relationship with him and that that relationship will actually bring us joy. This is what he says. I'm going to go to... So this is in John chapter 15. We're going to look at verses 9 through 11. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. Now, here, um, notice that the word remain is highlighted, right? Um, We talk about love, and we'll get to the joy part, but this word remain. Remember earlier when I said that in that perseverance that it was actually two smaller words that were joined together, right? That it was abide and it was under. Now, this word remain right here is actually in its original language the same word as abide, okay? It is the same word as remain that I would continue. And what Jesus is telling us here is that, hey, while I've been here, I've continued in my Father. You continue in me in the same way. That I've loved you, and because I've loved you, and because I want relationship with you, remain in me. And when hard times come, that you can find joy in Jesus. Because that's what it says in this next part. I've told you this so that, you, so that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be complete. That once we remain in Jesus, that once we seek him in the midst of our trials, that he will give us complete joy. And honestly, that's the reason why we celebrate Christmas. 
That's why joy is in all these songs. That's why lights are hung. That's why we celebrate. Is because we have been through these hard times. And Jesus has brought us into his love. And we get to remain in it. We get to have a relationship with him. God sent his son, Jesus, on a rescue mission for us. That we would get to have that relationship again. That the world was broken and God is restoring it. And that is a beautiful and wonderful thing. And so, um, we've still got the story about my grandpa and how do I find joy in that. Um, on one side, I, I know that my grandpa is no longer suffering from his disease. Um, he's made whole again in Jesus, and that's amazing. But I also remember um, back around when I was 13, um, my parents divorced when I was 13, and um, we went, as most families do, we went to stay with my grandparents um, while my dad was moving his things out. And that weekend, we, um, we went to church. This is the first time I'd been to church in a long time. The only time I ever went to church was with my grandparents. And something that the guy up front, talking on the microphone, something he said that day spoke to my heart. And I tapped my pawpaw on the shoulder, and I said, pawpaw, I want to walk down front. And he goes, okay, I'm coming with you. And um, so when I think of my pawpaw, I think of everything that Jesus has done in my life since that weekend. That I can see that I have a ministry now because my pawpaw was faithful in Jesus because Jesus was working in my pawpaw long before I ever showed up. And that now I get to have that joy. I get to have the joy of Jesus that exists within my heart. And that even though this time during the Christmas season can be hard, for some of us, even though it reminds us of the people who we've lost sometimes, that I can have joy knowing that my grandpa is enjoying Jesus right now. And that fills my heart up so much. Not only that, but I get to have a relationship with Jesus. That this is real to me. And so, when life hits you in the face, find joy in Jesus. When you didn't see it coming, you fall into the hole and the world's on your shoulders, find joy in Jesus. I pray that you find that, that you find that joy, that it, it fills up your heart, that you're no longer sitting in this, this depression that exists with like the trials that come in life. But you would say, this is growing me into something better. And ultimately, this is leading me back to Jesus. And that is where we were supposed to be all along. So, now I, we're going to go into a time of giving. And we get to give because Jesus gives us joy. Because we get to give generously, joyfully out of our hearts. 
so that we can add to Jesus' kingdom because that's what we're about. We are about Jesus and what he wants to do here. So let me pray for us and we'll go into our time of giving. God, you are amazing and wonderful. And you have had a plan for us long before we ever showed up on the scene. And God, I pray that the people in this room that haven't started a relationship with you would know that, that they would know the joy that you bring. And God, I pray that you would let us find joy in Jesus. God, I pray that as hard times come and that we fall into things, that we would turn to you, that you would give us the wisdom that we need to navigate through life. And God, I, I pray that you would allow us to keep going, but not just to keep going on our own, but that we would keep going in you, that we would abide in you, that we would remain in you. God, help us to remember you in this Christmas season. Help us to remember the rescue mission that you sent Jesus on. And help us to celebrate with tremendous joy why Jesus came, so that we could have a relationship with you again. God, we thank you for all of it. It's in your wonderful and precious and mighty name, the name of Jesus that we pray.